Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again, and I have another Reddit AITA story for you. This one is called, Am I the Thunderhole for Yelling at My Girlfriend to Stop Effing Eating? I mean, generally, it's probably a bad idea, but I'm sure there's more to the story here. Let's see what happens. My male 26 sister, female 23, runs a bakery business, and she's been struggling lately to keep up with orders because she's been short-staffed. She does a lot of orders for wedding cakes that require custard or marmalade fillings, and I offered to help her out by making these fillings at home and bringing them to her so she has less work to do. Aww, that's such a nice brotherly thing to do. Unfortunately, the past four times I've made these fillings, my girlfriend, female 24, has literally dipped her fingers into the filling jars and contaminated them because, in her words, she just wanted to try some. I've tried explaining to her that she can't dip her fingers in and contaminate the entire batch because then I have to remake it. I said she could just use a spoon and take some out if she wants to try so bad, but she just pouts and says that she likes using her fingers because it takes her back to her childhood. I mean, the safest thing to do is leave all of that alone. Today, I was trying to finish some chocolate custard to send it over to my sister really fast because she was running late on a wedding cake order for an important client. I told my girlfriend beforehand to not eat the custard, and if she really wanted to, to please use a spoon. I get out of the shower, and what do I see? She has her fingers in it again. I totally lost it because this is the fifth time she blatantly disregarded what I said, and I yelled at her and told her to stop effing eating the food. I'm making because it's not for her and she's contaminating it. She started crying and got mad at me for fat shaming her, even though I made no comment on her weight and she has no history of weight issues or eating disorders. I know I was harsh, but she keeps pushing my limits. Am I the Thunderhole? Candy Thunder did say I have to read the first comment in this, and the first comment is, does she also wear a diaper and draw on the walls with crayons because it reminds her of her childhood? NTA. Ah! Okay, so... Yeah, OP, there's no way you're the asshole here. You're just trying to do the right thing, and you created a boundary, and your girlfriend continuously just stomped all over it. And that's my bigger concern here. It's not really this. It's not the filling. I'm sure it's frustrating. And, you know, every family has that one kid or that one adult kid who, at Christmas, whenever you're icing cookies, like, licks their finger and then dips it in the bowl. And you're like, what, what are you doing? What? Are you, nobody here wants to eat your slobber over all of the cookies. And especially if this is a business. You're making fillings for your sister's business and she's putting her slobbery digits just in there and mixing it all up like it's supposed to be some colonel's secret recipe or something. No, it's not okay. And if I saw it, I would freak out too. I probably would have freaked out much sooner than he did because that kind of thing just geeks me out. But no, dude. The whole fat shaming thing is her just trying to reflect it back to you and make you feel bad for barking at her. Maybe she has no self-control with these fillings, which is a good thing for you because it means that what you're making is really good, apparently, and your sister's clients should love them. However, your girlfriend, in this case, has a problem with respecting boundaries that you create, and I think more so than the fillings that you're making for your sister's bakery, I'm concerned for your relationship and any boundaries that you try to create in the future about anything else. You know, like, don't have sex with other people. Surely she can help herself with that. How about don't set the house on fire? How about when we're in public, don't drop trowel and go to the bathroom on the floor? 
those are boundaries that should be easily respected. I don't know what it is about this stuff that she literally can't control herself about. And I understand going back to your childhood and having those memories, but she has to understand that this is for a business. It is not for her. And when it is for a business, food that's created is under greater scrutiny. So this could actually get OP's sister in a lot of trouble. I'm glad that he didn't mention what the bakery was because then it would be backtracked and health department to be there in no time and they'd just be shut down. But this poor guy is just trying to do the right thing and help his sister out and his girlfriend is just making it a thousand times more difficult. So thanks for that, OP's girlfriend. And whoever ends up with all of these filled custard cake things that he's making materials for, if you taste one extra ingredient, it's probably a sour little spoiled brat. OP is not the asshole here. Nay, nay, I say. Nay, nay. Nay, nay. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder again, and I have another Reddit AITA story for you. This one is, am I the thunderhole for selling my brother's and sister-in-law's belongings and keeping all of the earnings for my niece? A month ago, my brother and sister-in-law died in a car accident. They left behind my niece, Isla, one female, and no will to state their wishes for her or their home. Gosh, Dang. My sister-in-law's family immediately stated their intentions to not take in Isla. From my understanding, no one on that side of the family is financially stable. My sister-in-law's mother works a part-time job at Walmart, and her sister has five kids of her own who struggled in school and who are perfectly content with working part-time retail jobs and living paycheck to paycheck. In the same conversation regarding Isla's future, my sister-in-law's family keenly inquired about taking the cars. Both are paid off and less than three years old. Taking the TV, Sony 65-inch, taking furniture and splitting whatever money is left over for my brother and sister-in-law's accounts after their estates have been settled. Honestly, I don't think the sum of their accounts is a lot because my brother and I would often talk finances. I think they maybe had $5,000 between them. To be blunt, I was livid. My husband and I immediately stated that Isla would be staying with us. And additionally, outside of any sentimental items, the majority of the remaining possessions would be sold in an estate sale, along with the cars, with 100% of the earnings being put into a bank account and college savings account for Isla because I imagine that her parents would have wanted that for her. They hadn't opened a bank account for her, so we decided to get that started. Our son, Luke, is the same age as Isla, and we would want for her to be set financially just as we have started for Luke. Sister-in-law's family fought back, saying that isn't fair. They lost sister-in-law, and she would most definitely have wanted for them to have some of their things. Her mother and nephew really want the cars because they can't afford ones of their own, but also they aren't offering to help with raising Isla. They said they'll babysit if needed, but she'll have to figure out her own finances down the road if she decides to go to college. They said if, because none of them went to college, and they figure Isla might not go either. Am I in the wrong to deny them the cars or some non-sentimental belongings? I'm honestly 100% thinking of Isla and making sure she gets everything her parents have left for her. I think she deserves everything. This isn't to say that my husband and I won't contribute to her growing funds. We will, of course, by adding more to her savings and college funds, just as we do for Luke. My family will also be contributing. Am I the Thunderhole? Please advise. Edit. We have a lawyer and we are going through the proper legal channels here. But the question I am asking everyone is the ethical dilemma of are we being too harsh in denying my sister-in-law's family the non-sentimental property that they're asking for, like the cars, big electronics, furniture, etc. Edit 2. Wow, thank you to everyone for your kind words, advice, and condolences. I've read a lot about keeping this whole situation a legal matter and working with our attorney to do all the talking with my sister-in-law's family. Smart. To answer a few questions and confirm 
confirm some things, we are definitely going to adopt Isla. She's been staying with us ever since the accident, and she's adjusting well to being here. The first two weeks were the hardest, I think, as we slowly changed her schedule to match Luke's, and she's been such a trooper. We used some of her parents' clothes and blankets for her to snuggle into throughout the day, and we've already put away family photographs, their wedding album, and quite a few other personal effects for her to revisit in the future. As for sister-in-law's family, they've been reaching out on social media and via text message, mostly going unanswered by me and addressed by our attorney, and hopefully they'll shape up so they can stay in Isla's life. I do think my sister-in-law would have wanted her daughter to at least know her family, but after this, I can't think of letting them be alone with her. So we'll do supervised visits, hangouts, and family parties. Once again, we deeply appreciate all of you for your input. If anything major happens, I'll be sure to post an update. For now, the weather's unusually tolerable for February, so we're busting out the wagon and taking the kids to the park. Thanks again. Stories like this give me the salty slug feeling. I'm just imagining kids being put in that situation, and she's one, has no idea what's going on, but thank goodness that someone stepped up to help her, because sister-in-law's family not only just wasn't able to, flat out didn't want to, had no interest in anything regarding the one-year-old baby girl that was left behind, but had lots of interest in the paid-off vehicles and in the big TV. And I think that says pretty much everything you need to know right there. Screw that. If you're not going to be, if you're not going to step up and do anything to help take care of this one-year-old or be a part of her life or contribute in any way, shape, or form, and the only thing that you want to know is who's getting the cars, sister-in-law's entire family is a bunch of ass bags. And they are on the ASCON scale. Let's find out where they are. Where, oh, where does sister-in-law's family live on the ASCON scale? As a reminder, ASCON 1 is the worst, 4 is the least. ASCON 1 is there's no way you should have done that. You're a terrible human being. ASCON 2 is you definitely shouldn't have done that, but it doesn't make you a terrible person. ASCON 3 is you probably should have approached that differently, and ASCON 4 is you probably could have approached that differently. Maybe you're an asshole. Maybe you're not. So, where do we think... Sister-in-law's family belongs here. OP's not on the scale at all. OP and her husband were the only people who stepped up to do the right thing. Sister-in-law's family. They're a bunch of ass con ones. I don't think there's any other way to approach it here because when faced with the choice of being involved or showing concern for a child or potential vehicles that they could get for free, they only cared about the cars. They only cared about the TV. They couldn't give a shit less about the one-year-old baby girl who had just lost her freaking parents. Ask on ones. Whole damn family of them. I wouldn't do unsupervised visits with them either. I don't think that's a family that you want Isla growing to be super close with. I mean, surely they wouldn't try to use her to pull some kind of BS, but you never know. OP, you did the right thing, and my God, what a terrible, terrible scenario. I just can't imagine a kid being put in that kind of situation and there being only one person or one couple who's willing to step up and help them. And I know there are a lot of kids out there who end up in similar situations and don't have that one person. I know that kind of shit exists. I just don't like to think about it because there's nothing I can do to fix it. And it just makes me feel like shit. So stories like this make me feel like shit. Cool. Hey there again, it's Dusty Thunder, and I have yet another AITA story from Reddit for you. This one is, am I the ass cannot if I tell my friend her boyfriend is planning to propose? 
My 27 female best friend has been dating her boyfriend, 26 male, for over five years. A while back, he reached out to me to help figure out ring size and the setup so he could make this the most magical day for her. Having known my friend for over 20 plus years, I know exactly how she wants her proposal to go and who she wants to be there. So I relayed all of this information to him months ago via texts and over the phone. I even took the time to covertly find and confirm which ring she would love the most. A little background. My friend is incredibly family and friend oriented and in the past expressed to me on multiple occasions, especially during the holiday season, that in the five years they've been together, he hasn't really made much of an effort to indoctrinate himself into her family or friendships the way she has for his. While I do generally like him, I have always felt that he is incredibly self-serving and self-focused. Recently, through a mutual friend, I found out he started a group text between his, emphasis on his, friends and his family to set up the time and date of the proposal. He has not only excluded myself, and according to the screenshots I've seen, he is doing everything verbatim I suggested he do, but he has completely excluded her family and other close friends from the event. He is planning on only having his boys and family present for the occasion, and knowing my friend, this would ultimately break her heart not being able to share this moment with her loved ones. I got heated and called him. At first, he was dodging my questions, then just outright said, this is my proposal and I've spent enough time and money to choose how I do it. Just be happy for your friend. It's not like you're even coming to the wedding. This infuriated me. And to make matters worse, I ran into her mom and dad at the grocery store and subtly asked if they knew of any possibility she was getting engaged. They were unaware, and I know for a fact my friend has told him that he needs to ask her parents for their blessing. She's somewhat traditional. My friend wears her heart on her sleeve, and I can predict how this event will go down when she sees all of his close friends and family and none of hers. Considering her previous sentiments about his lack of interest in her family slash life, she will 100% see this as being hurtful and selfish, and I know she'll cry. To make matters worse, the location of the proposal is a whopping 30 minutes from her parents' home. I don't want to get involved in a fight or reveal the surprise, but on the other hand, I feel I owe it to my lifelong friend to help her avoid being hurt and disappointed, maybe even helping her rethink what her future would look like with someone who just doesn't really appreciate what she values in life. So, am I the thunderhole if I tell my friend her boyfriend is going to propose? Edit. I did not tell her parents. I covertly inquired if he had spoken to them yet about proposing since it's been five years, like in a joking way. Edit two, the proposal is scheduled for this weekend. I will give you guys an update on how it goes. After so many responses, I have decided not to say anything and let things play out. I gave him an opportunity by expressing the need to invite her parents and friends like she's always wanted, and he chose not to. That's on him, not me. I'm kind of thinking here that if she did go ahead and invite everybody that she knows needs to be invited to try to preserve this moment, then he would probably pitch a bitch fit. There's no way to solve this without some kind of calamity. There's no way to solve this without there being collateral damage. I don't know that there's a way to save this and salvage their relationship. Not OP and her friend who's getting proposed to, but her friend and her boyfriend, potentially fiance. I think the friend has valid concerns. This is also one of those risks when you have a bestie who's like a true bestie, maybe OP, the bestie, is afraid of losing her friend. Maybe this is an overreaction. I'm not saying that's the case. It's possible. The boyfriend sounds like a douche canoe. He sounds like he doesn't give a shit and he would just wants to do it his way. And maybe he doesn't want to admit that OP, the bestie, knows his girlfriend way better than he does, which they've been 
friends forever. So why would he give a shit? I'm curious to know if the girlfriend, the girl that's going to be proposed to, if she's going to see all of this as hurtful, I assume she would say no and turn down that proposal, which means that then it's a spectacle. Hope somebody's filming it. I don't know what the right move here is, OP. I don't know if speaking up and telling her is the right move because then if she ends up being okay with it, then you've ruined it. And he's kind of chosen the come what may path here anyway. So if it does crash and burn, then it crash and burns and it's entirely on him. Not the asshole, OP. Put yourself in her friend's position, the one that's going to be proposed to. What would you want your friend to do? Would you want your friend to tell you ahead of time? Maybe after the fact, but what if she gets there and the proposal's like magical? It's possible. Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder, and I have an update for you. This is an update for the Am I the Asconaut if I tell my friend her boyfriend is planning to propose. To everyone who told me to keep my mouth shut, thank you. So on Saturday, the day of the proposal, I got a call from her boyfriend. He was screaming at me, blaming me for not showing up, uninvited still, to the proposal with her parents because she was upset they weren't there. I was effing slack-jawed. I told him I knew this would happen, and he says verbatim, you just admitted you knew this would happen, so if you knew the whole time and you actually cared about her, you would have invited them. He said that she should have invited them. It's not her thing to invite people to brozo. Uh, maximum effort. I was gobsmacked and hung up on him. Not even an hour later, I get a call from her asking me to come to her parents. According to her, this is how the situation played out. He popped the cue. She said yes, and the people he invited popped out from hiding. She was bombarded by four of his guy friends. His mom, dad, older brother, and his sister-in-law. His parents were holding a sign that read, Welcome to the family, Mrs. Insert his last name here, and this is where things go downhill. I did not know this before, and I thought I knew everything Everything, but my friend doesn't want to change her last name, and she's told him that repeatedly since they got together. She's an only child from a Ukrainian family, and with everything going on with Ukraine in the last year, she's doubled down. When she saw the sign, she joked, Mrs. His Last Name? I think you mean Mrs. Her Name. Everyone went silent until his mom said, Well, the ring is already engraved. No changing it now. She takes the ring off and sees Mrs. His Last Name engraved on the band. Then she asks if her parents were coming. He gave every excuse. He didn't have their number. There were too many people there. He wanted to keep it private and eventually said, This was my proposal to you and now my family is your family. We can just send your parents the pictures later. She took the ring off and left. That's when I'm assuming I got that call from him. She went straight to her parents. She asked them about the engagement. They were clueless. She then asked if I knew anything. I asked if she was in the right place. She said she was, so I told her I would answer any questions she had, rather than dumping everything on her. She was upset, but thanked me. She was furious when I told her about the call from him earlier and said, Does he really think I'm that shallow? She said it wasn't about having a perfect proposal or her parents there. It was about him making the whole thing about himself as always, and she was done feeling ignored and belittled. So this was her breaking point. She's staying with her parents currently and has been receiving texts from him. The worst one so far is him telling her she has to pay him back for the ring and ruining his life. Right now, all I can do is be here for her. And whatever decision she makes, I will fully support it because, as you've all all helped me realize this isn't about me. It's about her. Not my monkey, not my circus. Edit. She gave him the ring back when she took it off. I didn't include that because I was at the 3,000 character limit already. Edit 2. Update. I did not mention this plan when I originally posted just in case her ex found this thread, but I can now report that we got a heads up last night that he wasn't at their apartment. So we ran over and got most of her shit out. At least all the really important stuff. To those asking, no, she isn't going back to him. It's over. 
Wow. Okay, so the biggest takeaway that I have from all of this is that he made his proposal to her about him. And I have never heard of that happening before. My mind is literally just... It's gone. It's floating over there somewhere now just looking back at me saying, Bro, did you really just say that out loud? Did you just read that story? Some dude did that? Yes. Yes, brain. Brain way over there floating. Yes. That just happened. Of course. His mom chimes in with something to say. Of course. I mean, this has Mama's Boy Golden Child written all over it. It also has would have been a hundred more Reddit posts about terrible in-laws later on. So yeah, she's dodged a bullet and saved herself from a whole lot of stuff here. Bestie OP. I don't think you could have saved her from where she's at right now. No matter what you did, she would have ended up where she was right now. Keeping your mouth shut allowed her to make that decision on her own without you influencing it. And I think it was smart to not dump everything onto her, but offer to answer any question she asked. That was the right play because it allowed her to set the pace and it allowed her to make decisions, not be influenced by someone else trying to steer her in that direction. So well done. Bravo to you, OP. You're not an asshole. Little bit of a lifesaver. Probably a lot of it. I think she probably had her mind made up without your input after the fact already, but all the things that you told her just solidified it all and strengthened that to vote. So congrats on saving your friend from a future of doom and mother-in-law drama, and self-absorbed hubby drama, I guess. Hello again, it's Dusty Thunder, again, and I have another AITA story for you. This one goes like this. Am I the thunderhole for not supporting my husband's hobbies anymore? My husband, 28, and me, 26, have been together for six years. My husband has always been a little weird, but I loved that about him. I also loved how he never got boring. His hobbies would change all the time. It would go from painting, to hiking, to swimming, to crocheting. It was a constant change. I never complained about it. I always found it enjoyable. The first week would be a spark of passion, but after the second week, he would lose interest in it and it would hide in the back of our closet. I always kept his little makings and photos in a box when he was done with them. For memories, of course. That way, whenever we got bored, we could go through them and think back to those silly memories. It was always a treat. Sadly, the past month or two, we have been running low on money. I saved a jar of money in our room that we only used for emergencies, such as when we ran too low for bills, insurance, possible medical expenses, or groceries. The first time I noticed money was gone, my husband came home with some groceries from the store as I was helping him put stuff away, I noticed in the bag was a tennis racket and other equipment. I looked at him confused about all the things. He told me he bought it with his own money though, so it was fine. I believed him and went back to putting away groceries. The second time I saw money taken, he came home with the PS5 and other things. I asked him how he paid for it. He told me it was with the money from the jar, but he was going to pay it back. I told him that money was only for emergencies when we were running low on funds. He told me he knew and that he would repay it back. I left it alone and just hoped the money would return eventually, not pushing him as he wanted to try video games out. Although, that didn't make me any less happy that important money was going to waste on video games. The third time money was taken, I lost it. All the money in the jar was taken out. All of it? There were thousands of dollars in there, and the only way I would be happy was if he was taking care of a medical expense or all the bills. I called my husband to ask where he was at, and he told me he bought us a boat. I told him not to bother returning home for a bit, and hung up. I needed to cool off for a bit. I grabbed all 
the stuff in the back of the closet and posted them online to sell. My husband soon returned home. He began to talk about the boat and how pretty it was and other things. When he finally noticed his stuff on the ground, he asked about it. I told him I was selling it to hopefully get some money back. To say he got mad was an understatement. He tried taking all of his stuff, throwing them back in the closet. I told him it was either those things or the boat go. He told me how I was being an asshole on trying to get rid of his stuff. I told him I will not support his hobbies anymore. If they were taking money, we didn't have. He slammed the door on my face and I haven't seen him since. It's been two days. Am I the asshole? There's also this note on the end that says, don't have a bank account. My husband has full range of it. Slightly concerning. I gotta look at some comments here because I just want to make sure I have it all together here. Okay, OP actually comes back and comments in this and says, All right, guys, I'm spending the free time I have now away from my husband to open a bank account and buy a new phone. I'm hoping the bank account will help me get through everything. Okay, she had nothing. Okay, so his game here was he had control over everything so he could do whatever the F he wanted. If he was taking money from the jar, you know damn well he had cleaned out whatever they had anywhere else. In any other kind of account, you know he had cleaned that out. If he was willing to take what she could visibly see was gone, what did he do to what she couldn't see? Dude has no self-control at all. I mean, I think it's okay to test hobbies out. It's completely fine. As long as you do it in a controlled manner. There's all kinds of things that I want to do, that I want to learn, and a lot of it does require investment, but as long as you're pacing yourself, and if you're going to spend money on it, it can't be like a two-week, then you're bored with that thing. You've got to commit to sticking with it and commit to getting better at whatever it is that you're taking up as a hobby. I don't know where a boat came from. A boat just came from left field. And it's like, ah, you know, I want to, I'm going to try out video games. So I got a PS5 and then, uh, I must've got bored from that because I bought a boat. Whoa. PS5 to boat is a pretty big jump. I mean, PS5s are pretty high, I guess, but boats are a lot higher. And you know what? If you have a boat, you have to have something that you can haul it with. I don't know how big the boat was. Like, how big was the boat? Because that can lead to a whole bunch of other cascading things. Like, now he's got to have a giant truck to pull the giant boat. And now they've got to rent a boat slip. They've got to have a lake house. This could be a snowball. So OP has been completely taken advantage of here and even tried to put her foot down. And homeboy was just like, nah, I ain't stopping. They don't have kids though, right? They don't talk about kids at all. I was going to say, this sounds like a mink couple. I think that's what it's called. Moderate income, no kids. But they don't really talk about work at all either. They just talk about the spending side of it. So it's hard to find a solution path here and try to suggest a way for OP to navigate this without those bits of information. But what she said down here about opening up her own bank account and getting a different phone, those are smart moves. She's got to position herself to insulate herself from the damage he is inevitably going to cause because it's pure caution to the wind at this point. And he's just doing whatever. So insulate yourself. Start building up that savings account. We don't know what either one of them are doing for work. So start preparing yourself to, I'm not going to say exit, but you've got to insulate yourself from the damage he's going to cause. Oof. I just happened to pull the story back up and one of the comments ends with, also, am I the only one getting Peter Griffin vibes on this? Hey, Lois. <laughs> Hey there, it's Dusty Thunder, and I have an AITA story from Reddit for you. This one is, am I the Askonaut? I didn't attend my son's wedding. I instead spent the evening with his ex-wife. Now, depending on if 
OP here is the son's dad or mom, this could go south real quick. Quick backstory, after graduating high school, my son moved three states away for college. At 19, he married a girl he met. I tried convincing him to wait because I personally felt he was too immature. They both dropped out and moved back here to his hometown. At 20, they had their first child, a beautiful little girl. 16 months later, my daughter-in-law gave birth to their second child, a little boy. After the first baby, my wife and I noticed our daughter-in-law wasn't happy. We both thought it was PPD related. Just after the second arrived, my son and his wife separated. She would bring the kids over for a visit. It was then she began unloading on us. I know there's two sides to every story, but considering I know my son, I believed her. I sat my son down numerous times to speak with him regarding his marriage. He refused to take responsibility, blamed her for everything, even when I directly pointed out where he was the sole problem. They got into counseling. For a year, things were okay on the surface. Our daughter-in-law filed for divorce. My son, three days later, was on Facebook announcing his new girlfriend. A month later, they were engaged. My son had forced his then-wife to become a permanent stay-at-home mom at the birth of their first child. She, of course, had no other family or friends here. She knew no one aside from us. She had nowhere to go with two small children. Unbeknownst to our son, my wife and I helped her financially and got her an apartment. Before the divorce was even finalized, we received a wedding invitation. I made it clear to my son I would not be attending and they would not have my blessing. His mother told him she would see to it that I would attend. I stayed consistent in my decision. I also asked him not to bring his fiance around our house out of respect for the mother of his children. The wedding happened on February 11th. The night before, my wife gave me the final push. I did not attend. Our daughter also did not attend for the same reasons. My wife picked up our grandkids, got them dressed, and attended the wedding. My daughter and I decided to spend the evening with his ex. I couldn't imagine her sitting alone while her kids attended their father's wedding. She was taken aback that I didn't end up attending his wedding. We took her out to distract her mind. I just wanted her to know she'll always be considered family to us. My daughter also also made a joke that they can drop the in-law status and just be sisters now. She was very tearfully grateful. I realized just how badly she needed our support and specifically on that night. The next morning, my son called to tell me how much of a horrible father I am for not attending his wedding. A few days later, he caught wind that I spent the wedding evening with his ex. He said that was the ultimate form of betrayal and further, myself and his sister would have to earn a relationship with him on his terms only. Cool story, bro. Edited to add, first, I'd like to sincerely thank each and every one of you for your support, encouragement, and all the awards. I know without a doubt I did the right thing. I even feel differently now. His mother should not have attended either, but we can't go back and undo that. So my son saw the post. I had sent my daughter the link yesterday so she could read the comments. Then this morning she texted me at work, Dad, you went viral! LOL, but anyways, he sent screenshots of the post and all of my comments to his mom. He also told her, he's dead to me now. Time will tell if he means that. I'm sure he'll see this update too. For that reason, I'm positively certain the second he needs another cash loan, I won't be dead anymore. His mom told him, your children have to be our number one priority. They're not just some disposable items you can leave behind when one chapter of your life closes. Maybe one day he'll understand this. Wow. Okay. So the question here is, OP is the dad. Is he an asshole for spending his son's wedding night with his son's ex-wife instead of at the wedding with his son? Wowza. There's lacking accountability and then there's just not being accountable to 
anyone or anything and not feeling responsibility. And I'm not saying that you should stay in a relationship solely because of responsibility of children. I think if anything, we know now in 2023 that kids can be functional and happy with two happy parents of two separate homes rather than two miserable parents under one roof. I think if anything, showing them what it means to choose you and to choose happiness and to blaze that path, but that's not what the son is doing here. And if this was a postpartum thing after the first child, then it's on both of them as a couple. And maybe Candy Thunder and I approach this differently because we have to teamwork approach everything. Like we run a business together. We do this side hustle together. Maybe it's just different for us, but anything one of us faces, we both face. So if she was facing postpartum depression, my view is that he was facing it too, or had a responsibility to face it and help her overcome it, at least try to present opportunities to move in that direction. But it's like when things get tough, OP son just gets gone. That's what it seems like. He just bounces. And this supposed side chick that he just married. Looking at my crystal ball here, we'll have to uh, have to have to ask the clairvoyance in chat, but it doesn't seem like this thing's going to last because he lacks follow through. He lacks commitment. I think he likes the chase. He likes acquiring things, but lacks the commitment to actually honor them. That sucks. I think OP here, dad, it was a bold move. It was a very bold move. And specifically for dads, for whatever reason, this dad made a very emotional decision, which is different. In most of the stories that we end up reading, dad's hardly mentioned because he's just playing along with whatever the crazy mother-in-law wants him to do in the scenario here. But he chose his own path, disagreed with his wife. She went to the wedding. He went to support his son's ex. I think it was the right message to send to his son. Pain creates change, right? So maybe this is enough pain for him to start changing his ways, but we know it. It's not. He just said his dad is dead to him now because he wrote a Reddit post about it. So that boy ain't going to change shit. Nothing. OB, you did the right thing. It was bold. It was a bold move. And I'm sure there were things that could have been done differently in here. But just from what you've told us about your son in here, it wouldn't have yielded a different result. Doing this differently, doing it more diplomatically, doing it with kid gloves would have yielded the same result. So I think you did the right thing here and sent a really good message to him that probably won't stick. But you're his dad, so you have to present every opportunity possible to make him choose or to allow him to choose the right path to. And I feel like you did that here. Golf clap. Well, hello there. It's Dusty Thunder. And guess what? Another AITA story. This one's from Reddit, and it goes like this. Am I the thunderhole for demanding the master bedroom in our own home? My wife's 20-year-old son still lives with us and asked her to swap his small bedroom for our master bedroom, which is twice the size of his now former bedroom. He pays nothing towards rent or utilities. The gain for him is that his computer setup, instead of being in the third unused bedroom, is in his bedroom with his dorm-sized refrigerator. The gain for us? Nothing. I don't want to sound like an ogre, so I said I would consider it if we made scaled drawings to see if it could work. Weeks later, I realized I was way too uncomfortable with the idea and told my wife I changed my mind to no bedroom swap. Weeks later, she had a Monday legal holiday off, and so did her son. The day before the holiday, we go to breakfast and also drive one and a half hours away, just the two of us, to visit one of my vendors to transact a deal. I take her to dinner at a quiet local restaurant that is at least another hour of alone time. What will you do with your day off tomorrow, I ask. Oh, we will find something to do. Late at work, I get a text. Be sure to call me before you get home. After work, I call to hear, I wanted you to know, she says sheepishly. I moved your books to the third 
private bedroom. What about your son's computer? Won't he find that cumbersome? Oh, I moved his computer too, but into our bedroom. What? Where's our bed? Oh, in my son's old bedroom. I swapped out bedrooms while you were at work. I went ballistic, and days later she admitted she knew for days what she would be doing on Monday. She eventually apologized and said she knew it was wrong to do that behind my back, but it was only for two years until he launched himself. I almost left her over this. Ten months later, the swap has been an unmitigated disaster for me. I gave her plenty of warning and took a weekend for myself and wrote out my feelings and diagrammed out the dynamics. I realized that every parent has to put their child's safety over their partner's wishes. But after that, healthy marriages put their partners, and also the marriage, above the wishes of their children. I came home from the weekend and told her that. I reminded her that I have helped her son financially, took him to games, gave him my used car, his first, when I upgraded. I also told her that his current bedroom situation was completely appropriate when he had his own place, but it was completely inappropriate at the expense of her husband's comfort and that she had to make a choice. Either explain to him, as I am certain he knows, my slash our bedroom was stolen behind my back and the current one for us is not working for me, as I have to be a control to use even part of the too narrow closet and there is not enough room for my things or it's time I accept where I am in the pecking order and I don't do second place and end this marriage. Am I the ass cannot? Wait a second. He almost left her over this. When it went down, when she went behind his back and she swapped the rooms, he said he almost left her over this. But instead, he stayed in the tiny bedroom for 10 months and just took it. Actually, what he did was in that 10 months, just let it stew, treated it like a prison cell, and eventually got to the point where he just exploded. I think the boundary was clear. She clearly violated the boundary, clearly didn't give a shit, and even admitted she knew it was wrong and admitted that it was premeditated and still didn't give give a shit. So, if you were last in the pecking order, would you leave? I guess that's the question. I mean, Candy Thunder would never do this, especially behind my back. She wouldn't bring it up in the first place because she would be like, no, we're the adults. We get the master bedroom. I'm not going to give the master bedroom to one of the kids. It's different with us too because we have multiple children, so there's a different dynamic there. You know, the other kids would be angry if one of them got the master bedroom and the rest of them were just stuck with their original rooms, but this is an only child, which explains a little bit. But there's some kind of parental guilt driving mom here to just try to give him everything. But it's it's not hers to give, and I think that's the point that she's missing out on here. She's treating this marital property, which I'm calling the bedroom marital property because it's theirs. She just gave it to him, and it wasn't hers to give. That's the big thing that I'm uncomfortable with here. Aside from her stomping all over the boundaries, she's just going to give the son anything and everything that she can get her hands on. So, OP beware, because anything and everything that she has access to is at risk for getting taken from you behind your back, even though she knows it's wrong to give to her son. That's a lot of red flags, man. I think your plan here is a good plan. You've got to force her to make a decision. You might also have to create some pain because pain creates change. When it comes to parental guilt guiding decisions, it's tough. That's a tough habit to break. It's a tough worldview to break, but you've got to force her to make a choice here and you can't keep getting shit on because she feels guilty and decides to give her son everything. I mean, still living at home at 20, that's not a huge deal, but paying nothing towards rent or utilities, living with his mom. I'm saying his parents because it's mom and stepdad and that's not a big red flag to me either but it's what she did. We don't really hear a lot about the son's dynamic on all of this. We don't hear a lot about he wanted to make the swap. I'm sure he pushed for it and I'm sure he manipulated his mom into it but she let it happen too. So OP your wife is definitely on the ASCON scale here. Where is she? 
Let's see. As a reminder, ASCON 1 is the worst. ASCON 4 is the least amount of asshole. ASCON 1 is. There's no way you should have done that. You're a terrible human being. ASCON 2, you definitely shouldn't have done that, but it doesn't make you a terrible person. ASCON 3 is you probably should have approached that differently, and ASCON 4 is maybe could have approached that differently. Maybe you're an asshole. Maybe you're not. I think mom's in ASCON 2 territory here. I don't think she's a terrible person because she thinks she's doing the right thing. She's just doing the wrong thing for the wrong person, if that makes sense. She wants to feel like she's doing a good thing for her child. But if doing a good thing for one person means completely shitting on another person that you supposedly care about, it's not the right thing. Pretty hard and fast rule there. Especially if it's your spouse. If doing the right thing for your child, or if you feel like doing the right thing for your child means shitting on your spouse, probably need to think long and hard about that decision. So let's go ahead and assign officially Ask on to mom. OP, you are off the hook. Not on the ASCON scale here. I get it, man. Don't know why you waited 10 months to speak up. I think you hurt your case doing that instead of immediately stepping up and being like, no, this is unacceptable. You did this behind my back. You knew it was wrong. You sucked it up for 10 months, which gives them the idea that it's doable. So you're saying there's a chance. So if this relationship does continue, you're going to have to get quicker about reaffirming your boundaries when they are encroached upon. Do not let it go on for 10 months because that just teaches both of them that it's okay and that your boundaries mean nothing. And there's no quicker way to lose respect than by letting someone just stomp all over your boundaries and waiting 10 months to speak up about it. I take her to... This is what happens when I stop doing live streams, Miles, and I just start recording. I just screw up. Hey again, it's Dusty Thunder with yet another AITA story from Reddit for you. This one is, am I the astronaut for correcting my mother-in-law on my daughter's name? A little context. I, 27 female, have been with my partner, 29 male, for almost four years, and we have a beautiful one-and-a-half-year-old daughter. I've never seen eye-to-eye with my mother-in-law, but we stay civil for the most part, not that that has been easy. When my partner and I had our daughter, we picked a name for a girl and a boy, as we did not know what we were having. Right from the start, mother-in-law did not like the name, but we informed her that this was our child, and we liked the name, so that was that. My mother-in-law then picked a nickname for her. We're not massive fans of this nickname, but it's a nickname so we let it slide. Basically, think if you had named your daughter Samantha and someone called her Antha. This was all fine up until our daughter was about eight weeks old and we started taking her out more regularly and seeing people. Every time my mother-in-law would introduce her to someone, she would use the nickname, not her real name. So people started calling her by the nickname, not knowing she had a proper name. We put up with it for about three months and then my partner and I spoke to mother-in-law about this and she said that she would introduce our daughter with whatever name she pleased because our name was too hard to remember and she did not like it anyway. At this point, we asked her to leave and she has had limited visits with our daughter since. And when she does visit or we see her, we no longer leave our daughter alone with her. However, even since our chat, she still refers to her by the nickname and still introduces her to people by the nickname. So I have started correcting her when she does this and apparently I am being the asshole for doing so. So am I the thunderhole for wanting her daughter to be introduced by her real name and not some nickname that isn't even close? Hell no, OP. You're not the astronaut for that. What in the hell? What kind of controlling mother-in-law is like, I don't like that name. I'm going to pick a different one. And I'm going to call that baby by the name that I chose. Dude.
why are you still around this mother-in-law? This is a boundary thing, and this is one of those things where if you don't stand firm on this boundary, she's just going to keep running over it, running over it, and running over it. So each time she bucks up and says, I'll do whatever the f I want, you say, okay, me too. We'll see you at Christmas next year, maybe. This is a lack of respect. And if she can't respect you guys as parents, she doesn't get access to the child. That's how this works. You can't just shit on the parents and then expect to be able to see the kid whenever you want. And we've read so many stories like this where mother-in-laws specifically shit on parents. And then they're like, oh, you're terrible people for not bringing the baby around more often. I have done nothing to warrant this. Bullshit, mama. You done a lot. It's just a name. It's the name that we gave this baby that you have chosen to just disrespect. It's disrespectful to us as parents and it's disrespectful to our baby. Does she think she's going to win this battle? Like, what is she doing? Is she this bored that she just needs this to entertain herself? There's no way that she thinks she's going to win this battle, so she's just stirring the pot and causing bullshit. And guess what? People who stir the pot and just cause bullshit don't get to be around. You can cut those people out of your life and have a much more enjoyable time. It sucks that crazy mother-in-law is taking actions here that will limit your baby's ability to know her grandma, but that's not on you. Maybe that's what you need to explain here. Be like, look, you're obviously not going to win this battle, so you're just stirring up shit and causing problems, and for that reason, we have to continue limiting contact with you more and more and more. Do you want to have a relationship with our child? Do ya? Do ya? And cut the shit, grandma! And start picking some different names for her. You have a really good opportunity here, actually. When your kid gets old enough to start calling grandparents by a nickname, you should really coach her on something really good and spicy. There's got to be a good one here. I've heard kids calling grandma's name-aw. Name-aw would be kind of punny. Come on. Pruny. Something a kid could say. Gram or Gams. Kitty. Lola. Lolly. Lovey. Mama. Minnie. Momsy, Moo Moo, there you go. Nana, Nana, Oma, Tootsie, Tutu, Yaya, call her Cuckoo. Call her Cuckoo, man. Come on, or Kaka. Lead with Cuckoo. It'll probably turn into Kaka as kids try to figure stuff out. You could return fire here, but you got to keep limiting contact and reinforce that boundary again and again and again and show her the inevitable pain that will come if she doesn't change her ways and change them real fast fast. You are not the asshole at all, OP. Your mother-in-law here is a big ol' shiny ass con one. Bink! There you go, cuckoo, caca, grandma. Done got yourself an ass con one. Maybe that'll be your nickname, ass con one. You've earned it. And I think we all like that one for you. My brain is dead, man. It's it's almost 2 a.m. I've read like eight stories. I did the first five or six of them during a live stream, and I am fried. My brain's got no words left. We can make it. We can do it. You can do it! Come on, man. However, even since our chat, she still refused. And it's disrespectful to our baby. 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 Disrespectful to the baby. Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, 
You can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the astronauts today. Thanks again.